Welcome to Lung Cancer Considered, the podcast of the International Association for the Study of Lung Cancer, a global organization dedicated to research and practice advances in thoracic oncology. You can find all our podcasts on SoundCloud and ISLC.org and the newsroom. I'm your host, Dr. Narjos Flores. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Narjos Flores. I'm one of your hosts for this special episode of Lung Cancer Considered, a 2023 targeted therapy and lung cancer meeting. We have two wonderful guests today, and we're going to talk about a controversial subject, which is consolidated radiation for residual small cell lung cancer. First, I have Dr. Charles Simon from Memorial Lung Catherine. Welcome. Nice to have you. Thank you. And we have Dr. Ihorn, a legend in oncology. Welcome. Probably not in small cell lung cancer radiation therapy <laughs> considerations, but thank you for the kind introduction. So I'm going to ask questions to the two of you because I think it's very good to have both aspects, the pros and the cons. So let's start with benefit, survival benefits. So I'm going to start with Dr. Simon. What is the survival benefit out there? for consolidative radiation for residual small cell lung cancer? Yeah, so the data that we do have suggests that if you add radiation therapy to systemic therapy in patients who have either a partial response in the chest and and do not progress anywhere, um, we do have a survival benefit with adjuvant radiation or consolidative radiation therapy. Now, albeit most of the data that we do have is in a pre-immunotherapy era, and so we certainly need more data to understand what is the ramification of today's population. Uh, But we do have three trials, two of which have shown a survival benefit, one of which did not, but also showed a significant improvement in thoracic control, which we know from our our small cell populations does drive improvements in overall survival. Dr. Iherm, survival data with this technique. Yes, so it makes sense that a radiosensitive tumor such as small cell lung cancer, where the dominant focus of metastatic diseases is intrathoracic, that radiation therapy as consolidation would make a benefit. But I don't see that benefit even in the chemo alone era before immunotherapy was added. And certainly uh, looking at an issue like uh, and this is not consolidation chest radiotherapy, this has gone off tangent a little bit. But the original study by Dr. Slotman, not with consolidation thoracic radiotherapy, but with CNS prophylactic radiation, really has been pretty well discredited uh, because of the fact that the staging system wasn't uh, the same, that uh, screening PCI, uh, screening head MRIs were not done. And so there probably is some subset of patients who benefit. And I would argue that the benefit is not defined for the general patient population and we're not able to identify those who can benefit from uh, consolidation. And this even when it was just chemotherapy alone, let alone when we have the modest survival benefit by adding immunotherapy, and it is modest. So I think we agree that now immunotherapy is the standard of care for patients with extensive stage small cell lung cancer. So going back to the same questions to the two of you, now we immunotherapy. Dr. Simon, are you expecting that these patients that go to consolidated radiation will still be in the atezolizumab. So one of the questions is, do these patients continue at atezolizumab or do you take a break during no, that I, time? I wouldn't take a break. The, the data we have shows a survival benefit with continuing. So that's the priority and that's the data we have. We should continue the, the immunotherapy as, as the trials have shown. 
But that doesn't mean we shouldn't add radiation to that. We know with giving three gray in 10 fractions, there's not any appreciable toxicity with or without immunotherapy. We have many studies now showing a combination of radiation and immunotherapy, especially to low doses like that, are safe. Uh, so they can be delivered at the same time. Certainly, I would get through the cytotoxic part of chemotherapy before considering consolidation. But I will say, you know, we're, we're expecting, and again, we need data to, to show us this, but we're expecting that the magnitude of benefit from consolidation will actually increase now because for several reasons. One, our patients are living longer with extensive stage disease, but they're also failing at, at as high or higher a rate in the chest than they ever have. So if we can now consolidate and control the disease in patients that are living longer, that's going to lead to fewer other sites of metastatic disease and better overall survival, in addition to potential benefits and synergy, not necessarily the scopal effect, but but synergy in, in helping the immunotherapy to potentially be a little bit more effective than it would otherwise. Thank you, Dr. Simon. Dr. Einhorn, a little bit different question in the same sense. You mentioned the consequences of the consolidated radiation, right? Pericarditis, pneumonitis. Have you seen or you expect that these toxicities that can be hard to manage will increase with immunotherapy? Well, certainly that appears to be true with non-small cell lung cancer when we're looking at trials of giving uh, consolidation immunotherapy after chemoradiotherapy, which is kind of a different question, where we do see some increase in pneumonitis. Uh, I tend to be, and I think uh, Charlie also tends to be data-driven, and there simply isn't data uh, with chemoimmunotherapy pro or con that it would improve survival. We just don't know the answer to that. And I think a more important question to ask is, is not about the radiotherapy question, but uh, adding immunotherapy to the four courses of a platinum compound plus etoposide has a modest improvement in survival a couple of months, as Dr. Simone mentioned during his presentation. What we don't know is that all these trials that have been done with consolidation immunotherapy then gave single-agent immunotherapy for a total of a year. We don't have any data that, that makes any difference. It's just the way the first trial was done with Dervalimab. These drugs are not particularly great when given uh, as consolidation therapy in studies that have been done. So uh, I would think a more important question uh, for a debate would be whether we should continue immunotherapy for a year rather than the question of consolidation radiotherapy. But I would be a little concerned about uh, trying in a fairly unhealthy, heavily smoking patient population that probably has some degree of pulmonary toxicity before they were diagnosed with small cell lung cancer of having close proximity to the immunotherapy part if it's given for a year, and that's the way the studies were designed, and at the same time given consolidation radiotherapy. It may be perfectly safe in selected patient populations. We don't know whether it is in uh, real-world data in patients with extensive small cell lung cancer. I think that's a very good point. And we, tomorrow, we like we to will, add something? For sure. And, I, you know, we, we do have a lot of data now combining immunotherapy with radiation. The, the two things I'll, I'll add is RTOG, uh, NRG, LU005, which is a small cell population, combining immunotherapy with chemo and radiation for our limited stage patients. But similarly, a little bit sicker, heavier smoking population than our non-small cell counterparts. Uh, that trial is completed accrual in North America. And so we, we should have data over the next probably 18 months or so showing one, is there a survival benefit to adding immunotherapy in the limited stage patients when you are giving high doses of radiation? Uh, but two, is it safe also? The, the converse in the extensive stage population, one, we give a lower dose of radiation than we do for a curative intent limited stage population. And two, we're treating small doses these days, so a small field. So unlike 
the original trials that we talked about during the, the lectures where they treated large volumes of the mediastinum and the nodal stations. We're really today only treating the post-chemotherapy residual disease after uh, or post-immunotherapy residual disease. So it tends to be relatively small thoracic disease burdens that generally should be well tolerated for patients even in combination with immunotherapy. And uh, a question for the two of you, and I will start with Dr. Einhorn. What would be the ideal clinical trial to test this question? Those consolidated radiation helps in patients that have a response to a small cell. Let's imagine, you know, the perfect world where there's unicorns and condor candy. What would be the <laughs> perfect design for that trial? Well, uh, it's not a, a complicated trial because the standard is initial chemotherapy and concurrent immunotherapy. And the standard approach then would be half of the patients getting consolidation thoracic radiotherapy, half of the patients getting no consolidation radiotherapy. And the endpoint should be not a two-year survival or a one-year survival, but the entire survival curve. And then we also should have a quality of life issue looking at these patients as to uh, if they're uh, living six weeks longer or eight weeks longer, uh, is it worth it for the patients? Uh, I was struck by the patient advocate, Joe Feldman, who gave such a nice presentation about the doctor with a stethoscope saying, oh, you're in response, look how great you're doing. And then the patients look at all the problems they're having with the therapy itself. Dr. Simone, what would be your ideal trial to test this question? I agree fully. I think that was very well said. I you know, I also share the, the question of, are we doing the best possible treatment for our extensive stage patients as standard of care right now, giving one year of immunotherapy after cytotoxic chemo? You know, so to me, as a, a scientist, I would want to say, should patients get chemoimmunotherapy and then a randomized trial of continuing immunotherapy alone or continuing and then adding the radiation? But, you know, maybe even a third arm, which I wouldn't want to make this trial more complicated, is, is really just chemoimmunotherapy up front and then stopping and giving the consolidated radiation after. I think we won't need to do that, though, and that I think as we get some more secondary analyses of, you know, patients that were on immunotherapy for X number of months, uh, you know, how is their survival different from patients who made it all 12 cycles, uh, that can inform that question as well. But, but I think it right now is a little bit of an open-ended question. What is the best approach for the immunotherapy side of things? which then questions how do we integrate the radiation most optimally for the patients. And I have two questions left of this very interesting conversation. One is we're talking about extensive stage. And sometimes you have patients that have a very good response in the chest, but there's some other trouble lesions. Will those patients will be candidates for this consolidated radiation? What if the liver disease is still significant? What if we have a lot of issues with the CNS? Yeah, in general... If patients have significant disease burden outside of the chest, doing consolidated radiation in the chest intuitively doesn't make as much sense. Now, certainly, the primary tumor could seed more sites of disease, and so controlling the thoracic disease can still be important. But certainly, if people are progressing after cytotoxic chemo, they should not be even considered for consolidated radiation. If somebody has a, a, a more limited life expectancy because of, of active disease in the liver and other things, that may be important as well. There were several secondary analyses of the CREST trial looking at which patients truly benefited the most. And I will say, you know, some patients, you know, bone only versus liver, you know, there were differences in survival benefits, but really the only patient population that didn't either significantly or trend toward a significant benefit was people that had a complete response in the chest. But really every other subgroup of patients did have a benefit to consolidate a radiation for overall survival. Dr. Ihern, the same question. These patients that, you know, we always say they respond to chemo, but not all of them. I have a few patients that, Good response in the chest, 
not much response anywhere else. Certainly. I, I think it doesn't make oncological sense if 90% of your disease is outside the chest to think that you can radiate residual disease in the chest. You might improve the, re- the lesion in the chest. Is not might You will improve the lesion in the chest, but it's unlikely would have an effect upon survival. And if I can use a little different disease, because I also deal with GU oncology. So uh, the idea of doing uh, a nephrectomy in patients that have distant metastatic disease is well established, but it's well established in those patients that have a large tumor in the kidney and small distant metastases. And that's a different type of local therapy with surgery. And to me, I think if, if this concept works, the group of patients that it would work on, and that's what that MedNet questionnaire was, were the patients that have had bulky disease in the chest and minimal disease in distant sites and still have minimal disease in distant sites to justify doing that. Now, you're not going to have enough patients in that type of thing to do a large randomized phase three study is because that's a very definable group of patients. And most of the patients with extensive small cell lung cancer who get chemotherapy alone or chemotherapy don't fit into that criterion where they have minimal liver, minimal bone, minimal brain, minimal adrenal, minimal contralateral lung that you can look at that issue. So I go ahead. My, my esteemed colleague could agree, though. If patients have a, a complete response outside of the chest, but residual disease in the chest, that probably is the population that would benefit the most. That's, I agree. That's a minority population, sure, but but there can be benefits, I think, you know, tangible in that population. So I think what we're where I'm hearing from the two of you is that precision oncology is not only about genes, it's about <laughs> how these patients present, where they believe, what they can tolerate, and you know, how they have responded. Um, my other question is something very important is the financial aspects of the consolidated radiation to these patients. Has there been any study about where is the financial burden that may be added, not only for the radiation itself, but, you know, parking, time off work? Has any been done in that space, Dr. Simon? Yeah, that's a great question. In this population, I'm not aware of it. There certainly is a lot of, you know, investigation in radiation and its role in general. And the nice thing, if, if we look at quality of life and toxicity burden, at least, uh, the CRESH trial did not add any appreciable toxicity across the board. There wasn't any a noticeable increase in toxicity for any parameter, and that, that goes to treating it to a low dose, to a small volume. You know, what is the financial consequence of coming in for 10 days? Well, you know, I would say if we can drive up survival by months, you know, it probably is a, a low, if any, toxicity. Dr. Eihorn? Yeah, I would. Uh, turn that question around a little bit, that the cost of consolidation radiotherapy is inexpensive compared to a year of immunotherapy, where we don't know if that makes any difference at all. Oh, I like that twist. I like that core ball. And it's very <laughs> important because we're selecting this arbitrary time, one year, three years. And when you go back and ask, why did we pick that time? It sounded good. And I think other specialties like breast cancer are doing a lot of research in de-escalation. And maybe we may have to jump on that. So thank you so much for your time. I have one last question for each of you. First, Dr. Simon, does consolidated radiation <laughs> has a role in residual small cell lung cancer after response to therapy? I think undoubtedly, you have to say right now the answer is yes. We need more data in the immunotherapy era for sure. But if we look at all of the existing literature, the only long-term survivors, the preponderance of long-term survivors are in people with extensive stage disease. And as we're sitting here in Southern California in Santa Monica, and it's actually hailing outside, I think, <laughs> I think that's a sign that we need to follow the data and say, 
you know, if we want long-term survival in our patients, uh, you know, right now the answer is give them consolidated radiation. You're correct because the data say it was going to rain and we trick you saying it's not raining and the data just show that it's true. <laughs> Dr. Einhor, for you, does consolidated radiation for residual small cell lung cancer has a role in patients that responded to systemic therapy? Well, I brought my consultant with me to answer that very same question. And the consultant said, For the last time, no, 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 no. Thank you to the two of you. It, has a, it was a true pleasure to have you here live. And I guess we will follow up in a few years to see where we are. And there's a tunnel that will go underground so we don't get wet then. Uh, well, Certainly. I train at Mayo, so we do have a lot of tunnels out there. Maybe that <laughs> we do it in Indiana, too. <laughs> Thank you for having us. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of Lung Cancer Considered. This is Dr. Narjos Flores from Targeted Therapy for Lung Cancer 2023. Thank you for listening to Lung Cancer Considered. You can find all our podcasts on our website, islc.org, in our newsroom, or on SoundCloud. Please take a moment to rank like, write comments, and share your favorite episodes with your colleagues. 